this, 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 this the dope show. They be like, slow up, homie. You talking too fast. I got a couple of quips. I came to talk trash. Yeah, he's Bucky Watson, Bradley Bax. This is going down. We call it the G Splash. Hey. What up, what up, what up? Welcome to the season finale. Season three, episode number 134 of the G-Splash podcast, where we talk six news stories of pop culture of the week and the main topic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm your host, Bradley Bax, my man, Chris Bucky Watts. What's up? What's up? What's up? Excited. Big season finale. Lots of fun. Here we yeah, go. Yeah, so today we're talking The Five Bloods and King of Staten Island. Also, I think we'll do a little recap of the year, the season, since it feels like it's been a, a longer one than usual, but I think that's because of the year. Um, yes. Oh my gosh. January, February, March, 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 March. <laughs> <laughs> so I think uh, we'll, we'll talk about our favorite moments or what we how our 2020s are going so far what's to come over at summer sessions and then man season four is is that weird to say season four look at us just hitting we're almost there and we're almost there see now here comes the kicker because usually we start um our seasons the same weekend or around the same time frame as new york comic con and Yes, we do. Now, there will not be there that. There will not be that. It's a, maybe we could do something fun with the virtual con or something, you know, maybe line it up or something. I'm very curious because isn't is San Diego Comic Con doing a virtual con? Or are they like, nah? I, I, I assume they will. Well, actually, it's already almost July. Wouldn't we know if they were going to? Yeah, I think they might be. I just know that. The, I know that Funko's yeah, doing the Funko's. Thing, but San Diego Comic Con virtual con. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. They definitely going to be doing it. I mean,. They out here doing it. They're still trying to sell freaking Star Wars Funko Pops. <laughs> we got Funko's like pushing it hard because they they've been <laughs> yeah they're in yeah. deep shit. Anyway, they got a cool Goku at that San Diego Comic Con. I didn't see any see hop on for I sure. didn't see any of any cool one, any dope one. There's nothing you would like. There's like Steve Aoki. There's these weird toucans. There's a couple Star Wars and there's that one DBZ one or Dragon Ball Super one. Like, but other than that, there's nothing. There was um. I think Casper the Friendly Fucking Ghost or something. <laughs> I did see a, I did see like a Marvel Zombies Venom. Oh yeah, is that one of the exclusives? Then? Yeah, I think so. That Marvel Zombies line, just to take us off topic a little bit, that Marvel Zombies line is dope. It is, but I, like those are so cool looking. It is, and I, I, I will say I do like them a lot, and I like that series as well. But it's just another one of the lines that I just like. Nah, I can't, can't get into right now. Oh, snap, though. I'm on the site right now, and there are more than were released by, on uh, Instagram than I saw. Like, I don't want Jack from Jack in the Box, yeah. right? They just announced um, a guy from Samurai Jack who was awesome. Right. He was like a bounty hunter, metal bounty hunter. There's a Michelangelo with a surfboard that's really uh, cool. Invader Zim, if you were into that. The only one that I think I would have interest in and is the Arnold Schwarzenegger. The Schwarzenegger Mr. Friesman, because he's also Glittery. like... He's like see-through glittery. And then they have, I don't know, actually, I'll probably pick up this Ra's al Ghul 
because he looks like the one from he's a comics one, but he's also like the, the animated series, series one. And they have Cyborg Superman. That Black Lightning's only got three thousand pieces. That's gonna be a good one to get. And then a Jump Jet Sith Trooper, which people are gonna really throw down the drain. Anyways, it's gonna be they're, they're definitely doing some kind of con, and there's everyone's releasing all kinds of stuff. So we'll figure out something to line up with ours when it comes back. Yeah, season four, and we'll figure that date out. Whatever, whatever. But Chris, let's get into some news. Maybe we'll get maybe we'll get popular in season four. <laughs> That's always the goal. Uh, let's get into some news. That's the wrong button. There it is. All right. Chris, I was blown away by this news. Um, football season's getting ready to kind of start, maybe. if. But I think even the NBA is kind of like, oh, crap, we may not be able to start because a bunch of players still are sick. Um, mm-hmm. But Cam Newton to New England? Did you hear about this, man? Yeah, isn't this a crazy thing? What a what a football season we're going yeah, into. Yeah, I mean, I was totally did not expect that move at all, at all. I mean, there were other teams I thought he'd go to. I just didn't think Cam would show up in New England. Like that's just different. I, but who knows? Maybe it's. I mean, maybe it's a good. I don't know. The Patriots are either going to be awesome and he'll do really well there, or it's just going to be like a clusterfuck. I mean, it's going to be weird to see one Cam not Brady dressed up like that. I know not Brady in, in New England, and then he's in Tampa Bay. They played, you know, you assume that it would be some young up and coming quarterback right. who would be like, he'd been waiting in the wings or maybe had been like a uh, sitting on a bench somewhere and then got brought in there and they were like, okay, kid, it's your time to shine. Instead, they're like, let's get old Cam Newton in here. <laughs> Running and gunning, baby. What? Here's the thing. You don't have any offensive weapons. Good yeah, luck. It's going to be interesting, <laughs> but he is a, well, he was a, a great <laughs> offensive threat. Couple years ago, absolutely, but, and maybe he'll maybe he'll have a resurgence under a new system, maybe, and stuff, yeah. or maybe he'll be having a towel over his head the whole season. <laughs> uh, speaking of the NBA, even though we talked a little bit about it, uh, this was some cool news. I thought uh, the NBA is working with uh, Walt Disney, and I'm not, and the the players union. I'm not 100 if this went through, but I think it did. Uh, they're going to put Black Lives Matter on the actual floor since they're only playing on I think a few different courts because they're all going to be hell. In yes. Walt Disney World, I thought if if a league was gonna make a move, it's obviously the NBA that that would do that. Absolutely, but like that's a big because you know there was that whole thing before when they wore the shirts for like the I can't breathe. This is a while back. This is Eric Gardner, I think, and it was like a whole thing where they're like, yeah, we can't stop you from wearing them, but we don't really like it. We don't want to comment on it. And now Adam Silver in the NBA is like, we're all in on this. Yeah, not only that, but they're also talking about having players put messages on the back of their jerseys instead of their names. So mm-hmm. I, I that move I I you know I, I don't know I I don't know I'm just a traditional guy when it comes to like the jersey I like the just straight up uniform with the name on the back but um I didn't because I didn't like it when they did the nicknames I thought that was right dumb. but you know the shirts before the games are cool too but either way it's it, it's all it's all a positive thing so to help with you know right just to keep the movement just to keep talking about the movement and things like that. I think it's a, it's a good look for the NBA for sure. And what a, what a role reversal uh, of the NFL, right? Like <laughs> what a role reversal. Cause now that now was like, people can look at the NFL, like this whole league did that. And you guys, are, you guys totally, yeah. Wrecked. And you guys can't do anything. Yeah. Like you guys are going the other direction. Yeah, yeah exactly. So <laughs> like, wow, what's going on with you get with you guys, huh? We've <laughs> been being asked like, what do you think about this? Like, what are they going to say? Oh yeah, we're we're thinking about 
They're not doing anything. No, they're not doing anything. <laughs> Goodell ain't doing nothing. Oh, we don't have anything to say or do or want to do anything because it's too hard and we don't like it. I mean, just the whole kneeling for the national anthem thing was such a big deal. And I think it's going to go into this one, right? It's got to go into this season. Absolutely. Big time. So. This thing going well, away. Well, yeah, because, I mean, you, I've told just talking about this again, but, like, I mean, the NFL was like, no, you cannot do that. <laughs> right. No, no chance. And, and then, meanwhile, no, like, meanwhile the NBA is like, yeah, well, you can want the floor. You can have the whole floor. <laughs> yeah, you hold, do, do all of it. Border to border. Go nuts. Baseline to baseline. Yeah. Uh, enough of the sports talk. This isn't a sports show. This is a nerd show where we talk about comics and stuff. But your boy Anthony Mackie has come out and said Falcon and Winter Soldier will be like a six-hour Marvel movie. Whoa. Big words. Yeah. I think we kind of knew that just by putting, obviously, an episodic uh, episodic series like this. Um, sure. Um, but also, they I think they did get, then they get the okay to... They got the bar lifted for the whole crew to continue f- filming overseas. Right, yeah. I mean, it makes sense for me, just going back to the, what he said, like, you know, Marvel, uh, what we've seen in, like, the Netflix Marvel shows, right? We, we both have talked about before, and I think a lot of people feel this way for a lot of um, 10-hour shows, 10-episode shows, where, you know, you get a 10-episode 10, 10 show that are one hour long, but they probably could have told you the same story in five or six, right? And that's even long, because there's always the filler episodes, and, like, they say the same thing a hundred times over and over to, like, just right, stretch, stretch, right, stretch. Right. I think what he's saying in this, basically, by saying one long movie is, like, we gave you six episodes, and none of it's filler. Like, none of us does sitting around being like, okay, let's recap everything we feel and everything we've done. Instead, it's just like, Here's how it starts. Here's how it ends, and we're just gonna get. Or there. like a one episode where it's just it's just a <clears throat> an hour long flashback of like a character yeah. on their own. <laughs> Absolutely. Even like even the best shows that I've watched, like the ones I really love or I think are really strong, like there's always you can look back to a season and be like, there it is right there. It ha- I mean, it's it's a crime how much it happens in twenty one episode one hour seasons. But like even in the tens nowadays, one of my like I really like that third season of Punisher. Is that the one with the girl? I think it's a, I think in it's the a, religious cult. The second one. I loved that season. I thought that was such a strong season. Maybe that's the second. They only season. did two. I thought that was so strong. Yeah. yeah, that's second season. I thought that was such a strong season, but there is one episode in there where it's like them just chilling in an apartment, and you're hearing all about oh, Jigsaw right. trying to like figure his shit out. And I'm like, oh man, you were doing so good. Like you were on the run. You were moving from Texas to here. So I think I'm really excited about. Uh, I'm really excited about them saying this about the uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier because it makes me feel like. Almost like Mandalorian, where you're just like, oh man, every episode is crucial. To uh, the plot. Far from Far from Home is like the last Marvel MCU. That's piece right. That'd be that the last Marvel thing since. Wow. Well, look at, look us, at go. us go. Did you see uh, Jennifer Hudson on this Respect trailer? No. It's been getting a lot. Is it for for? Is it a Tina Turner movie? Is that no, right? No, it's uh, Aretha Franklin. I have not watched this trailer yet. This just dropped. Yeah. yeah. A uh, pretty good cast: Forrest Whitaker, Mary J. Blige, Marlon Wayans. So, I'm I'm pretty excited to see it. It's supposed to come out February 25th, 2021. I believe that's the Singapore release because we don't know where, what our movies are going to be. <laughs> I mean, we're never going to know if we'll ever see a movie again from anywhere other than our, <laughs> our couches, right? Pretty much. Yeah. Didn't another <laughs> company, uh, Cinemark or whatever, they pushed back their opening dates. Speaking of movies, big movies coming. Uh, I read this. Margot Robbie is going to be, I guess, the new p- person and the leader—not the leader, but like the 
the face of the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Wait, hit me with all this again? <laughs> I said that so fucked up. <laughs> what are we talking about? I heard Mario Robbie, Pirates, something about franchise. Uh, Mar- Margot Robbie is going to be like the lead in the new Pirates. Like, it's not a reboot, but yeah, Johnny Depp is no longer like a, a part of supposed- Supposedly no longer a part of it. Not a reboot, but a continuation in a different area of that franchise. Mm-hmm. Okay, I could, I'd watch that. Um, I'll watch that for sure. Yeah, I think if, if anybody could do it, it's definitely her. I think she could be on the same level as Jack Sparrow in that that kind of over yeah, fun, quirky, yeah. you know, confident, dangerously confident. Yeah. Uh, do you think this is a move? I mean, I haven't really heard this because supposedly he's supposed to make an appearance here and there in in this thing but do you, Depp will yeah do you think this yeah i think they have him signed onto a life contract i think he's chained to pirates oh really well, i mean he traded or he traded like a bunch like, he has a crazy contract with pirates of the caribbean like it's not only the money but it's like stuff worked in for like perks at disney parks but he also has to perform at certain areas right. to get those perks yeah like, he has like those... he's got a pretty wackadoodle thing with disney doesn't yeah he that's why he shows up there randomly. He like, yeah, he'll just show up and do stuff. Like he'll just be the Mad Hatter for a day, or he'll like show up and be Jack Sparrow on the ride because it's like working his contract. They're like, yeah, if he ha- if he does those things, he gets the same amount of perks. But he has to do like one every certain stretch of time, and in order to keep it rolling, it's crazy. <laughs> he he he's like, I love Disney, or however he talks, probably French, <laughs> probably French. <laughs> all whipped out of his mind all the time. Yeah, that guy's he's living the dream, uh, but, being just a crazy son of a. But bitch. he's been. I mean, there's been obviously been a lot of back, been catching some flack lately because of his relationship with what's her name from Aquaman, right? Well, yeah, because they had their whole marriage and it was bad. Then she said that he like drank the ocean every night and he got violent, but then she also got violent. It was pretty, seemed like a pretty healthy relationship (laughs) is what I was hearing. (laughs) Did you say drink the ocean? (laughs) Yeah, just drank. He was like, he came when he finished off a bottle of whiskey and then he drank another bottle and that's 9 a.m. And it's like, that sounds like Johnny Depp. That sounds like something he would do. Just like drink a bottle of like creme de mint and then just pound some tequila. And you'd be like, what is, What are you doing in your stomach right now? Uh, and he's like, I love it, Savvy, or whatever. And he tips rum, over. Some rum chata. We just like pound <laughs> yeah, some rum chata. Just he- drinking heavy cream and gin. It's like, do you think he's okay? And everyone's like, no, he's not okay. He's just Johnny Depp. He hasn't been okay for. Well, did he also have that like lawsuit against like someone else was suing him yeah. for that movie? Where he's yeah, he played a he played a Native American in he played a, he played a Native American in the what's that movie called freaking Butch Fartity or whatever um, <laughs> the Lone Ranger and he doesn't even have a lick of Native American in him I don't think <laughs> that was a bad look that was a bad look for and that was recent we all have to remember that movie was like 2016 I meant to ask you this just because of current times and stuff is one Robert Downey Jr. and uh, was it Tropic Thunder. Great question, Brad. I'm so glad you asked it. The answer to that question, in my personal opinion, is no. Uh, I we I just had a good conversation about this recently because I'm always sunny in Philadelphia with Lethal Weapon Five and Lethal Weapon. That's 6. my next. I'm getting to that. And we'll get to that. The, but finish what you're saying the that about. The trick with that whole thing is that if you're, ma- it, I think I think this, and I feel like that's why we haven't seen backlash for those roles, is because if you are making fun of the institution of blackface or any kind of thing like that, you're saying, look how ridiculous this is. That's when you're making it into satire. If you're doing it to do it, 
You know what I mean? Or be like, like even some comedy stuff, like, like, okay, we can't find somebody to play that role. So we want you, Jimmy Fallon to go into blackface and make fun of whoever, or Jimmy Kimmel to be Carl Malone. Right. right. They're making the character like that. Jimmy Kimmel, Carl Malone one. That makes sense. They put him in blackface to make fun of Carl Malone. They didn't put him in blackface to make fun of blackface. So we see that in Tropic Thunder, where that's the whole character of that thing. That this dude went through pigment augmentation to be this character when he clearly didn't have to. <laughs> oh yeah, you know yeah, what yeah, I mean. Yeah. Or in in Lethal Weapon or in the Always Sunny. Always Sunny episodes, it's not making fun of Donald or uh, Danny Glover. What it's doing is showing how ridiculously stupid Mac is for thinking <laughs> that in order to be the character, he had to put on blackface. Right, right. And it's like it's when you it's when you look at it that way. I think that I mean, and you can still absolutely get in trouble for it. And it could be uh, obviously offensive. But I think there is a small line there of forgiveness in areas like that. Where, yeah, I think that makes sense. Where they're poking fun at the idea of it versus the character that the concept, the character like, that they're trying to portray. How stupid, exactly. The people do this thing. Like we're going to show you how dumb it is by doing it this way. I think it's it's so true. Well, because also too, there's another actor who is actually in the, one of the movies we're talking about who was in that episode. And at the end of the ep- he's at the beginning of the episode, it's this kid who's. Uh, got his face painted as a juggalo, and Charlie's like, "Yes." <laughs> There's also some weird lines that, of like, like not pedophilia. Yeah, I guess pedophilia. Sure. In there as absolutely. well, because like I hose him down for him, like <laughs> at the school, and he's like, "No, don't do that. Don't take it. I'll bathe them up. I'll shower him yeah. down." And he's like, "No, don't do that." Yeah, that's where like shows like Always Sunny because they are a satirical look at life. And so they're really playing heavily off like and the dark humor element. Right. So you bring those two together and you get like this like crazy level where you can be like, we're making fun of these things people do. But we're also reflecting on how kind of fucked up society is. Right. And I, th- I think the other side of it, too, might be because they did a whole actually now that I think about it, they did that whole episode where they uh, they, they turned black or like they were. Oh, the yeah. Wizard of Oz episode. Great. The musical Wiz- episode. Yeah. The Wiz. Because they falsely watched Wiz, the Wiz yeah. and get electrocuted. But then that's all them. Their reflections are quantum leap style. Yeah, that's freaking. I've been singing that song all week. What are the rules? Yeah. What are the rules? <laughs> when you wake up black and you can't change back, you gotta figure out the rules. <laughs> it's such it's a, a great episode because it's like it's a great commentary on you know yes black lives and how things are different. Yes, and um, they they have been able to push the envelope for so long. I mean. Through all all cha- like channels, like they touch everything, and, and that's super what I think. That's like, where they don't. That's where people don't hit them on that. You know what I mean? It's like it doesn't come out and say we got to remove these episodes. It's because we're not doing. Like, what's the one that they pulled? There's a community episode, and it's tough to be there because he's a uh, uh, Doctor Ken Jong. He paints himself all black to be a a black a dark elf and they comment on it right they're like oh but you can't you can't do that like you look like you're in full blackface and they make some comments about it but I, and so it's like well, what's the difference there they were commenting on it so why does that episode get pulled but not this one where not this one on oh, always signing in philadelphia you know maybe that's a network decision who knows there was also um i think jimmy fox asked robert downey jr to do something and play a, a mexican character <laughs> And he didn't. I just saw. When he was I there. saw Jamie Foxx then did an interview, or he was doing like an interview, but he did an impression of Robert Downey Jr. He sounded just like him. It was pretty funny. Just kill. He's a great impression. Yeah. Have you heard his uh, Mike Tyson? No, oh, he's Claw. he's fantastic. He's gonna have to get it good. Oh, it's he already had it down. Like he he tells the story about how he had this Mike Tyson joke, and my, the first time, or not the first time, but like he was on tour. He's in L.A. 
And then Mike Tyson was there. And <laughs> he was like, so he had to tell the joke. But they were like, Mike, say you could do the joke, but it better be funny <laughs> as shit. <laughs> he's going to knock yeah. you out. Uh, so anyway, but speaking of, I know he's touched on a, how, how we started with Margot Robbie and ended all the way. Uh, <laughs> it's always in Philadelphia. I don't know, so there's no segue yeah, here. We go sometimes. We go down some weird roads on. Yeah, Splash, we do, folks. Uh, but M- M- Mando coming to Marvel, okay. Star Wars first live action television show. The Mandalorian is headed to comic books, or comics and books. Disney and Lucasfilm announced a publishing line that will expand the corner of the Star Wars universe introduced in the first season of The Mandalorian. The publishing program includes fiction and nonfiction books, as well as a comic book series from multiple publishers so it'll probably be more than marvel i think idw has like a licensing with disney too right yes yeah yeah they do uh the novels announced as part of the program will target a variety of different age ranges and reading levels okay so they're really gonna kind of blow out how they the, the new, a new medium for kids to absorb star wars not just like the one or two comic lines they're gonna really make this approachable for a lot of different age groups it looks like yeah because like, i mean i guess I mean, we're not going to have a movie for a while, so they have to find some way to stay relevant besides one TV show. And the TV show is great, by the way. Mm-hmm. That'll be interesting. It'll be cool to see that how canon it is. Well, that's true. I mean, Star Wars is in such like a weird place right now with the idea, you know, there's a lot of stuff flying around about what's going to be considered canon and what's not and how they're going to change things and and then you have obviously the shows that are going different direction and i mean it's in a really precarious place right now and i think if they can you know find success in certain areas and then blow that out and try and you know make that a little richer and deeper part of the the continuity then you know i'm i'm always for that what 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 is your take on things being all this like it has to be can oh that's not canon like you know people get really nitpicky about stuff like that with continuity errors and then also like characters being canon and on canon. Canon's tough, man. I do. I do get it. I think that it's, it's such a, a difficult thing when you're messing with big universes of characters and stories. Right. Um, but i stick to it. I mean, I think that it's important to have one canon way that things connect because if you don't, you can start having a lot of crazy shit that's in there just to be in there and things can go off the rails really, really quick. I would, I would argue that like, 90s marvel went off the rails and why we have um why we have the comic culture we have today is because just in general marvel just comic books in general in the 90s went off the rails and they got themselves into places where they were like oh shit we said that character could do this or we made it so this character did this thing but that really fucked us (laughs) and so then that's why for the past 20 years you've seen all these things where the universe gets reset the multiverse gets changed we reboot the whole series so we can because it got to the point they're like, what's the crazy, like you look at, read a 90s comic book of any hero and you're like, what the fuck are we doing right now? Like, <laughs> w- what? These characters are all in mechs for some reason and they all live on different planets other than Earth now. It's like, how did we get here? And then they're like, now now it's, not, I guess that just tracks back to my point, which is it's important sometimes to be like, okay guys, the story needs to include this one thing. Right. Don't go nuts. Right. Um. Yeah, I actually just saw it. Um a little documentary about the X-Men and what's his name? Chris something who like wrote the X-Men for, but yeah, one of his big thing was that he killed off Jean Grey. And then I think the chief and editor at Marvel, Chris Claremont. Yes. Yes. Chris Claremont. 
uh, the yeah. chief and editor at Marvel. X Men was so successful, so then they brought in like I think they started X Factor or one of those mm-hmm. more X Men characters, and they brought back Jean Grey, and they were like, which is exactly what you're talking about with the canon not being canon. Like he just killed her off, and now she's back, and then you know now I mean for the it last gets, it gets wonka doodle, and for the last year they've been like there's been two of each character for some reason. Mm-hmm. Old man Logan yeah, Wolverine is back, and then they they make a mix and things like that. Which if you, yeah, I think that's what can, what's interesting about canon too. If you can make it work, if you can make it count, then do something weird, something that changes things or shifts. Or like Old Man Logan's a great example of like that was just a story that was standalone on its own. This is great. Let's here's a fun one. And they're like, hey, that character's really cool. And since we're doing this thing, why don't we bring him in here and see where that goes? And there's a cool time travel element there. But like when you're just doing things to be like, do you think we could get away with like having Magneto and Charles Xavier fuse into something called onslaught that then like kills a bunch of heroes and villains? You'd be like, maybe we shouldn't do that, <laughs> but they did <laughs> yeah, it. They did it. Um, do you think, well, with the Mandalorian and, and now being a comic book, do you think it'll be its own thing? How do you think they're going to, are these all, are these all going to tie together? Cause then they say that the, the last time they talked about a star Wars, series kind of like what they're doing with the books and stuff that all was supposed yeah. to tie together right yeah that seems very hard to do uh, yeah with multiple writers think, and stuff yeah do you think it'll be it's gonna be tough you think it'll be between episodes or or will the show just be the show and this will be the, the books or will it be the um, or you think they'll tell the actual Show. They'll probably just tell more about the places he goes and stuff, or like you'll see side characters, new bounty hunters, introduced all kinds of weird stuff like that. All, I bet. all the throwaway stories that we didn't need to see. Yeah, on it probably won't play. Maybe, maybe you'll get a one where he passes through every now and then, or maybe you'll get some. But I think it'll really be more about like the world of the outer rim in this period mm-hmm. and stories from just like that book we talk about a lot, like stories of, of the bounty hunters or something. A really famous book that's a short story collection of Star Wars bounty hunter stories. It'll be kind of like that. I feel like. Oh, kind of like um, what DC did with Batman in the animated movies with the Gotham Knight. Yeah, exactly. Where it was like seven small stories. It's like oh, yeah, that all like took an a different look at Batman. Yeah, exactly. Just like an annual. Yeah. yeah. All right, Chris, you ready to get into this splash trash mass? Since we haven't done that in a while, and I don't have the buttons, so we're gonna have to. This main topic we're talking. Splash Trash Man, we got King of Staten Island to Five Bloods, and then we'll talk, obviously, a little bit about the rest of the year, or how we feel about, the, about Season 3. But, Chris, what do you want to start with? You want to start with King of Staten Island? Uh, Yeah, we can start with King of Staten right, Island. Cool. That sounds great. Uh, King of Staten Island is an Amazon... Was this an Amazon movie? I think it was, right? Uh, It, it was, yeah, Amazon Prime. Amazon. Uh, 72% by critics, 86% by... The audience, Scott, has been a case has been a case of arrested development ever since his firefighter father died when he was seven. He's now reached his mid twenties, having achieved little, chasing a dream of becoming a tattoo artist that seems far out of reach. As his ambitious uh, as his ambitious younger sister heads off to college, Scott is still living with his exhausted ER nurse mother, who spends his and spends his day smoking weed, hanging with the guys, and secretly hooking up with his childhood friend Kelsey. Uh, when his mother starts dating a loudmouth firefighter named Ray, it sets off a chain of events that will force Scott to grapple with his grief and take his first tentative steps forward uh, toward moving 
his life forward, whatever, something like that. Uh, this stars. This actually has a really good cast: Marissa Tomei, Bill Burr, and of course, um, Marissa Tomei, <laughs> Pete Davidson, which is <laughs> which he wrote with Judd Apatow. Which I, yeah, because it's. I think he said seventy percent of this, around seventy percent, comes from his real life, which is pretty cool. He's always made jokes about his his father who did die in nine eleven. Yeah, it's a big that's a big part of his, you know, not only his backstory, but his Yeah, no. His whole thing. Like his whole shtick is is talking about that. So it's something that a lot of people, if you know Pete Davidson, even from Saturday Night Live, he's talked about it, or his stand up, you know, you're familiar with his story, and as you watch this movie, it really you can see the parts that are like, Oh, that definitely seems like that was pulled from his real life, or like these are stories that are coming up that are written in here, you know, on purpose to to show that part of his actual past. Right. Uh, Chris, what did what were your thoughts of the movie? Not necessarily, not necessarily the score right away, but what your thoughts were about the movie? I was a huge fan of this movie. Um, when I saw, um, when I saw the trailer originally, I was like, "That looks really cool. That seems like a fun time." Um, I was on board, and I thought, you know, I'll always give like a Judd Apatow engine run type picture a good chance i think that you know you never know what you're gonna get it can be a really human story it can be kind of disappointing sometimes it, you know it's whichever way so i was like okay cool and then you know they, they put together a hell of a trailer uh and then as i started watching i was kind of prepared to i wasn't not i wasn't prepared to not like it but i was prepared to be like okay that was a movie but i found myself as the movie went along liking it more and more and more and more and more until the point where you know, at some point halfway through, I was like, how did this catch a 70? Like this, unless something really shitty of this movie doesn't end very well, there's no reason it should be catching a 70. And then it just kept exceeding my expectations the rest of the time. So yeah, it was a really enjoyable experience. Definitely for me, it was worth the $20. Yeah. this. Oh, it also has Steve Buscemi. <laughs> I forgot he's in it too. Yeah. Steve Buscemi's awesome. And, um, Maude Ap- uh, Apatow, who's yes. Judd's daughter, who's been in, Man, we've, I feel like we've seen her grow up, and she's like an adult now. It's weird. It's crazy, right? Yeah. Grew up quick in Hollywood. A lot of the jokes were dark. Uh, some were really funny, sure. though. Um, I love Bill Burr. I think he's hilarious. And he played Bill Burr as <laughs> the whole concept or the whole idea of this random kid coming to, <laughs> to wherever they're hanging out at. and he, or They're on the beach, right? And he's like... Yeah, they're just hanging out on the yeah, beach. He's like, hey, kid, you want a tattoo? And he gets like a, yeah, I don't even, he thinks he's like a line because he runs off, right? Yeah, and the kid's like, oh, sure. Yeah, and then <laughs> Bill Burr is his dad, and that just sets off a whole other chain reaction, but he shows up to the <laughs> to the house. Where, <laughs> just freaking on a tear. <laughs> a Bill Burr tear. And, I mean, and Bill, and he's so good at that already. You know, he's so... Yeah. He's so good at that kind of angry, loud humor. And it's just believable to be like, you're a fucking idiot. Yeah. Like just calling him out, not backing down, like being like, you put a, you tattooed a line on my kid. <laughs> yeah. Which I, I mean, I get it. And then he comes back and hits on. He's like, Hey, I'm really sorry about that. Come back, come back up cup coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Bill Burr was, um, he, uh, you already said it, but he was fantastic in this. Um, I would say there were some reviews that said like Bill Burr is amazing and, he did just didn't have quite enough to save the movie or, or that he, he comes in and kind of saves it. I didn't agree with that in the sense that I don't think it was a bad movie and he saved it, but I was very pleasantly su- surprised to see 
him flex his acting chops. I mean, I remember when he was in Mandalorian, we were like, what? Bill Burr's going to try and be in a show? Um, and then to be in this one, I was like, wow, he's doing a really good job. Yeah. Like, he's doing, the, he's balancing his anger and his comedy style, but also he had some emotional stuff in there, and he seemed like a real dude that you wanted, like, to talk with or hang out with or that would not bullshit you. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think one of the, the two scenes that stand out for me is uh, where they're at the baseball game. Mm-hmm. And that's great. And uh, I think Steve Buscemi is like, why are you so what? He says something like not like, why are you, why are you against firefighters? But like he asked him a question and he just uh, and Pete Davidson goes on this little rant. And it's yeah, just like, why, like why? you should never have kids and all this stuff. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's a total mood killer. And that, that was like one of those things was like, Ooh, that's like, might be re- how he really feels about his situation. I bet. I mean, there's things in there like this is his anger that he probably felt for a long time was probably that same thing. Yeah, exactly. You know, telling everyone says that he's such a great guy, but you know, never really, saw, you know, always working, whatever. And then yeah. telling always tell him he's going to come home and then one day he doesn't and then whatever whatever he doesn't yeah but like all those firefighters are just like had nothing to say and it was like whoa <laughs> they're like oh shit and then they kind of come back later and then ends up being a part in the movie you know where it's kind of like yeah. this is why we do it um the um, other part too yeah. was when they're fighting in the pool and he's like and oh then his gosh. mom comes home and, and sees them both fighting and he's like he tried to drown me and he's like it's an above ground pool. You're eight foot tall. <laughs> yeah, you're eight foot fucking tall. Mo- you're eight foot tall ostrich or whatever. It's three feet of water. <laughs> They're like, yeah. I mean, it was really it. It did it have that. It had that element of like the humor was mixed into these situations. You're like, ooh, this is tough. But it never, it never went too much one way or the other for me. It never went to a point where I was like, oh, that's just funny for the sake of being funny. It's not very feeling very real. And never got to the part where I was like, oh, God. Oh, God. This is uncomfortable. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? That feeling you get in your chest. Yeah. And that's what I think to, like, not to, to, to take us too far off, but, like, I honestly think with the director, because the director who did this, the same guy did Trainwreck. Um, isn't that right? Did Apatow? No, but he didn't direct it. Yeah, he did. Oh, he did? I thought it was by the Trainwreck guy. No. Um, well, anyways, my, my thing with some of the Apatow run pictures is like pictures, like it's 1920, <laughs> uh, movies is that I feel like there's this weird thing where sometimes nothing happens or this character will start in kind of a middle place and they'll kind of grow a little from the situations throughout the movie. And then they'll do one thing where they kind of just go off the fucking rails, right? They like relapse. It would be like a relapse and they dip way down and then they learn from it really quickly and they correct and they end up being just a little better than where they started. Right. And I think I think that pays off sometimes. There are movies like I mean, if you like, on one sense as me is this is forty. Like that movie literally is just a linear plot line. It's like oh, we'll just show two and a half hours of these two people's lives, and by the end they'll be a little bit better. You could even go as far as say like Super Bad is kind of the same thing. Like the two dudes come to a conclusion at the end of that, but they're basically the same people they were when they started. And that's not to say that every movie has to be like this ultimate thing where the characters change and they're so different, right? Mm-hmm. But this one for me, I felt like that was one of the problems when I went into it. Cause as it was going through, I was just like, Oh, when's he gonna, when's he gonna have his thing where he goes off and fucks it up or like does something shitty or blows all this or whatever it ends up being. Right. Mm-hmm. And then it just never happened. It was literally a movie that was, he starts here as a deadbeat and he's not at the end. It's not like he's not a deadbeat, but you clearly saw him on an upward trajectory. That's going to keep going after this. Yeah. And just to, just so you know, 
Judd Apatow did direct Trainwreck. Okay. Oh, he did direct Trainwreck too. Yeah. This is crazy. What a world, huh? <laughs> uh, yeah. No, I think. I mean, all in all, I think I I would give this movie a splash, uh, a light splash. I w- I don't want to say it's amazing, but for what what I think it, it's a perfect movie for right now. I think that's why it's also really good. Yes, I. Um, this this movie's winning because I of that. Absolutely agree. I think. I think. Yeah, I I could not agree more, and I think. For me, it's a it's definitely a splash for me. I'm very reflective. Actually, I said after we finished watching this movie, I was like, that movie got a 70%. I easily would have given it an 85. And this is one of those great times where you know the critics come at an a 72 and the looks like the audience scores an 86. And it's one of those where you're like, okay, it's not that different, but it's different enough that you either are gonna be like, it was okay, or you're like, oh, I really actually enjoyed that. And I was definitely on the 86% train of being like if you have 20 bucks and you want to watch a fun movie, watch this. It doesn't make you feel sick. It doesn't make you feel uncomfortable. There's good, like, love story elements. There's good humor. There's a good, like, just growing up tale in there, along with a lot of funny jokes. And I, I so I, I definitely recommend it because it just, it was a lot of fun. Yeah. Like, I'd watch it again. I mean, even the, there was, like, one Me Too joke that I thought was hilarious. Like, I think it's the first, yeah. I think it's the first joke that, uh, when, when that line is said in the movie, because it said pretty, I want to say, like, Maybe the end of the act one, but yeah, yeah, I feel like that's the first time I I really laughed out loud. Yes, so. yeah, and there's there are laugh out loud moments. Like it's not just all, and it's not all just like shitty humor either. There's actually some like pretty and like smart written humor in there where you're like, oh well, wow, that's that's good. That does make sense. Like you said about that part, you know, it's like the fireman element of it is these dudes who are just firemen that he's ends up being kind of a part of in a way, but through the whole thing, you're like, Oh, that those laughs in there are just like authentic dudes. What they would do just hanging out. You know what yeah. I mean? It's, it seems real. It feels real. Speaking of real, Chris, let's talk the five bloods. Uh, this, Ooh, now we're getting real, real. Yes. Yes. This is a Spike Lee joint. Um, 91% certified fresh 54% from audience score. Uh, Yes. The story is of four African-American vets, Paul, Otis, Eddie, and Melvin, who returned to Vietnam, uh, searching for the remains of their fallen squad leader and the promise of buried treasure. Our heroes are joined by Paul's concerned son, battles the forces of man and nature while confronted by the lasting ravages, the immorality of the Vietnam War. Pretty close. Yeah, whatever. Look at it. Spike Lee joint, you know, it, he hit all his marks in this one. Um, Chadwick Boseman was like, actually, I really liked his character in this in this movie. He did a great job. Yeah. I mean, I, I'll say that even before we dive in, everybody killed it. In yes, this movie. yes, yes, yes. Actors you've seen before and actors you've never seen, maybe because this is their first feature film or because, like, you just haven't watched the movies they're in. And it's impressive from start to finish. And a few of them are even more comedy driven right like one of the dudes is i think was on a sitcom yeah it, it's quite it's a it's a mix for sure yeah some really cool stuff in this obviously it's definitely a timepiece, and the timing for this again is probably spot on probably, i don't know absolutely i wouldn't know i wouldn't say it's intentional but it is a netflix movie which i'm kind of surprised to see spike lee go that route yeah, yeah, I that think it doesn't that, seem like uh, a move. I mean, after Black's, he's been on a good run. I mean, Black Klansman was so was such a great movie, and I think that 
you know, he was just like, hey, this is the movie I want to make. And, you know, it's totally possible. And Netflix was like, cool, here's all the money you'll need to make it. Go nuts. Yeah. The thing about Spike Lee that I really like, I've been, I watched his masterclass. And. Oh, I haven't watched that one. Yeah, it's a good one. Because he talks about filmmaking, how he, all the kinds of stuff in filmmaking about. Like representation in filmmaking just, and stuff. Just or just like more. Everything. Like budgeting and like getting these actors. Because he actually, I think. He he had Holly Berry casted as like a junkie with Samuel L. Jackson in um, like one of his first movies. He talks a little bit about that, but okay. The thing, and he talks about camera angles and things like that. And after watching that, I kind of noticed a lot of the stuff that tradi- that he traditionally used. Interesting. Uses. The, yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, you got your typical Spike Lee shots in this, and you know, you got your scene. Totally. You got your characters. You have your two biblical characters yep um you have you have a that most i don't know what you call it but it's like a where like the characters are floating towards you yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Which I, was, yeah. I was looking i was honestly i was looking for it the whole movie and you're like when's he gonna do it when's yes, he gonna do yes. thing where the person's floating in the background and, movie? Yeah. yeah and he does it at the very end and i was like oh there it is like, oh there it is yeah and then um where the characters like talking to himself, but like kind of talking to you at the same time. It's like breaking totally. the fourth wall, but not breaking the fourth wall without breaking the fourth wall. He's not actually addressing yeah. you, but they're, they're, they're narrating to nobody because it's not intentionally for you. It's just to narrate. Yeah. Which Paul does when he goes off on his own and then, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then it's got all the crazy Spike Lee stuff that you would expect from a Spike Lee movie. Um, absolutely. I thought this movie was actually better than I expected. I, I am, it's definitely way better than a 54%. Um, yeah, I think that people, um, I don't know where the 54 is coming from. I mean, you said it, you touched on it earlier where you said like the timing is interesting. What what I thought was cool about this movie is that it's a, it was a really interesting mix of Vietnam, the Vietnam war. And like you said, the immorality of the Vietnam war, right. And these guys and their experiences and what they had to deal with and talking about, you know, PTSD and how shitty it was and all that stuff. But there were also these little hints about black lives matter and how it's, you know, the things we dealt with then, the things we deal with now still in certain ways and, um, being taken advantage of and stuff. And so it was, it was interesting because it's not like trying to make a statement. It's very much like black Klansman. It's a story that's being told that has strong characters with a strong goal and a really strong plot. But then it has these political elements woven into it and these cultural elements woven into it because that's important. And Spike Lee has, does that really, really well. Yeah. Um, that, and so I'm, I'm confused by that 54. I think it's an uncomfortable movie at times. Mm-hmm. And I think that it maybe doesn't pay off the way people like you get to the end. You're kind of like, oh, OK, shit. But it's kind of like a Spike Lee ending, though. It's great. It also could be because they said like there was a level of toting like. Black Klansman, he's on a hot streak. Like this is his next one. And people, and this movie's not. This movie's not funny. Like Black Klansman had its it had this yes. edge of humor through the whole thing, dark yes. humor. This one has no humor. This is like a full on like, you know, uh, it has war bullet. It has humor in it, but like yeah. it's not intentionally funny. It's, it's intense. Like it's a, yeah. shit. You know, but I mean? at the same time, <laughs> I think maybe that's what what also is a mix of too, right? Like, there's a lot right. of serious. Uh, intense scenes and and tones in this movie and you see a lot of um archival footage mm. and a lot of facts history facts thrown at you as well but at- yeah it's got that like do- not documentary i would say but like it's got that thing where they're they kind of weave that in yeah i think i saw something 
that uh, there was something to do with this and like Oliver Stone was going to direct this movie. And when I heard like a long time ago, 23, like 2013, 2012. And I was like, Oh shit, that feels like Oliver Stone and Spike Lee type stuff. Like they're like, Hey, I'm going to show you a, a fictional movie, but I'm just going to freaking throw in scenes of the actual Vietnam war. Yeah. And like, Oh, okay, cool. Yeah. The thing that I, and again, what I was getting at was, um, that you have all of that kind of stuff going, but at the same time, you are on a treasure hunt. Yes. So I think yes. the treasure hunt kind of, you know, throws things slightly askew. Right. Because it's kind of, you know, when people think treasure hunt, it's like, oh, got to find me gold. Like, ah, you know, pirates and. Right. It's a, it's a more of an adventure type of movie, but this is like guys that are given go- like we're supposed to take this gold somewhere. They didn't, they ended up burying it and we're going to come back and get it. Just never got around to it. And then, then I had to work out all these different things and which is, is an actual great part of the movie, but it gets like, I think that can, I can see people being like lost in that because you're like, Oh, there's so many things. I thought this was a treasure movie. And I'm getting- I do I do agree with you there. Yep, that's a great point. The treasure element of it does sort of I wouldn't say necessarily it gets lost. It's not yeah, it's not lost. Um, it's a definitely an important part of the you, movie. You feel like you were promised a cool treasure hunt movie where they're gonna have to like survive and through the but then it definitely is it changes on you a little bit. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um I mean it definitely it, it I didn't think that. I think I could but I could just say I mean, I could see people thinking that. Oh, oh my gosh, totally. Yeah, Did- we knew we knew what we were in for. Yeah. But for like the layman who'd be like, this movie looks like a cool jungle treasure hunt movie. And then they're like, what the hell? I thought this was Jumanji five. Um, yeah, this is not what I thought it was. Another thing I love that Spike D uh, Spike Lee did. There's a couple things. And the first thing I want to talk about is the full screen to widescreen shots. They would go back and forth yes. from the different times of when the current time and the, and the flashbacks. Wasn't that cool? Yes. I, I love how he does that. The other thing, that I was when the start of this movie, I was like, why? I don't know. I don't know if I like this. The characters who are clearly older, they're like, you know, coming back to after being in Vietnam. But they're, they're when it shows their flashbacks, they're not. They're not like CGI. Uh, de-aged, right? They're no, they're just no, them. But like it, maybe they're it's just them. They're hair's a little bit darker like it's them as yeah their current age playing themselves as a young and i thought that was weird at first and then i guess i got right. used to it i still don't yeah i still don't know how i feel about it i thought it was kind of cool because here's the here's i here's the thing that kind of stood out to me about that when i was thinking it and as i was watching was i tried when i remember back when i have a memory like, let's even say it's something crazy like high school. I'll be like, okay, I'm going to remember my high school graduation day. I don't in my head, because you know when you have a memory, you're usually watching like third person. <laughs> I don't see myself as some scrawny 18-year-old kid. Like, for some reason, it looks like me now there. Do you know what I mean? Unless I really put time and effort into making it look like a younger me. Mm-hmm. And so I kind of like the idea That's that instead of, instead of casting them as like a younger version of themselves, they said... No, let's make these flashbacks like almost like memories. Like the same characters are in here, are going to be here, but they're just younger versions of themselves, how they would see themselves. 
That's interesting. So I don't know. I, I justified it in an artistic way. Spike Lee might have been like, we just don't want to, you know, we just didn't want to cast other people. We didn't want to pay for it. Like, we didn't want to pay for yeah. the CGI. No, uh, we're not going to find no, five a, other guys. Wow, that's Are you a, kidding me? That's a that's a very very interesting thought. And I yeah, I've, I, I put a little into yeah, it. Yeah, that that's that's a that makes sense to me. Um, yeah. I never thought of it that way, but yeah, when you the way you pointed it out just now, I think. Which is wow, oh, cool. that, that makes it cool to me. Like, uh, to be honest, yeah, like, yeah, exactly, right? Oh, like, cool. it made me feel better about it because I, and when it first happened, I was like, "Oh, that's an interesting choice." <laughs> yeah, I was thrown off at first, and then, you know, we don't see obviously. Spoiler: Chadwick Boseman is like the dead lieutenant. Obviously, it's in the the description of the movie. Yeah, you don't get to see him be. You know, you don't get to see him be old. The other thing I liked about it too was they also talk about. Um, Martin Luther King, right, getting assassinated, yeah. and that yeah. they kind of have split opinions on what they should do. It seems, and then Chadwick Boseman's character kind of brings them in, and they just uh, were so like not only say loyal, but they were he was they they admired him so much that even though they had different opinions. They all came together. They all came together yeah. for this, yeah. Even in their I later, I, even in their later oh, years. Oh yeah, even later. Yeah. yeah, they knew what they still were trying to do. Like they were risking all this stuff, yeah, for gold. But also, they were just they were looking for his remains. Yeah, you know, it was a big deal that they all brought that together too. Yeah, um, and you know, Paul, the the main character, you know, was is a Trump supporter. Was wearing the MAGA hat. Yeah, right, right. Because he was all his whole focus was like, I'm just trying to get mine. He was all about getting his money and he yep. he his biggest beef with his son was you know his his wife or yeah his wife i guess or girlfriend died giving birth to him so he always like resented him right which i thought was an interesting story to tell because i i it bet was. that happens a lot you know oh hell yeah it does plus you got the About resentment yeah plus the P, psd on top yeah, PTSD's oh, yeah. in there. I think that was PTSD, interesting. Sorry. There's so many layers to this movie, like with each character has their own story. And I don't I didn't feel cheated in the sense of I didn't feel like one character had a story. Like obviously Paul's more of like a main character type for a while, but they, they all had the, I feel like yeah. everybody had their own reasons and it made sense. It wasn't just like, Oh yeah, we have a fifth guy, so we need to make sure that he has he's an alcoholic and that's enough. No, it's like everybody had a legitimate thing they were dealing with. Or like finding out you have a kid or yeah, dealing with this resentment for your kid or hanging on to guilt because you, you know, may have done some things you're not proud of. Like each one made sense for the character. Yeah. One of my favorite scenes. And after watching Spike Lee's masterclass, I totally knew Mr. how Spike set the scene up. And it's the scene where um, his son arrives and he's like, I want, he wants his cut or whatever. And so he, Paul has to bring, he brings brings him to the other guys, and the other guys are like, "Nah, we're not giving what? no." Like, what are you talking yeah. about? We're not giving you cut. But if you look, uh, when it shows, when it, there's two shots, one of the guys and one of the son, and it goes back and forth. And when it shows right. his son, the camera angle is looking down, and then when it's showing the the guys, the camera angle is up. And then what Spike said in this masterclass was, you know, the character who has the upper hand is always looked up on 
and the character. Interesting. So, and you see him, you see the son kind of like intimidated and like, it was like maybe thinking this wasn't a good idea. And then it turns like, what happens at the part? He like, it turns out where the guy's like, nah, we're not, he's not getting a cut of any of ours. He's getting a cut of yours. And, right. and then he gets, he's like, nah, well, no, I hated you. Like, and he just like, throw, he th- yeah. throws his food on the ground and walks away. I thought that part was pretty funny. But yeah, yeah, the angles yeah. And, and stuff was that's that's a total that, spike lead. That's that's cool. Like that is because I remember that that's that shot happens a lot in um, he got game mm-hmm. where it's like when it changes too, like when it becomes his father on him and then him on his father and then his father back on top of Jesus. Like that's that's yeah, that's cool. Yeah, they talk he, in the, in the master class. He does talk a little bit, actually a lot about he got game. I bet he does. Talk about taking a risk. Who's your Denzel Washington? Who's your other main character? Let's get Ray Allen in here. <laughs> yeah, he talked. The only time that's happened is like Space Jam, and they're like, "All you gotta do, Michael, is just act on a green screen, and their <laughs> cartoons will be here." Not like, "Hey, man, you gotta actually like pull this off." <laughs> yeah. So uh, a lot of the uh, there was a lot of production stuff that happened on that set that I think made a good story to tell for um, the master class. Like one of them too was. I guess, you know, that last scene where they're playing one on one. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) Ray Allen was supposed to be like. Beat him 11 to 0, 21 to 0. It wasn't Denzel was not supposed to score. Interesting. And so (laughs) they start rolling and Denzel just starts taking it to Ray Allen. So those first couple points that you see. Is Denzel really playing? Are legit? Yeah, playing playing Ray Allen, and he was like, "Okay, all right, no, all right, yeah. now he's not gonna beat me. <laughs> I'm not I'm not going out like that." <laughs> and so Ray, like Ray, at one point Ray Allen stopped. Was like, "What? What's, what's going on right now?" <laughs> so Ray Allen had to like turn it on, and yes, and so that's how that whole scene was made. But originally he was supposed to not even score a bucket. And Could you imagine me and Ray Allen? You're like, oh my god, I'm about to get beat by this guy. And then Denzel was like, he, nope, not today. He's not getting. <laughs> no, no, not today. Not up in here. Water makes you weak. Yeah. Water makes you weak. So yeah, Denzel <laughs> went at him, and he's like, Spike, he's he's not beating me. <laughs> yeah, and then I'm I not, bet he turned on I'm, the Jets, yeah. and it was like, see you later. Yeah. So he, well, he see you later. Whatever the final <laughs> score was, was like actually, Denzel made sure that that stayed in the movie. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. Uh, Chris, tr- splash trash for math or the five bloods. I'm not. I'm staying away from this 54. percent This movie's a splash. It's definitely it's a splash. Great. It's a great movie. Yeah. Um, especially, you know, I, the Vietnam War is such a, a a really fucked up war that we Absolutely. were a part of, and I think yeah, it's the most interesting wars. I, maybe because the other two are world wars and they're so major and. Whatever, but this right. this one affected I think us in a lot of different ways, and I think that um, this is a good movie to capture that. a lot of people. Yeah, and it's, yeah, it it did a great job of capturing what the what happens when even years later the impact. Yes, this that, that you're right. That's another point is the movie also captures people that are still alive today that fought in that war that are still going through still some stuff. Dealing with that shit. Yeah. Yes. Whereas like a movie like um, Dead Presidents kind of took place in Vietnam as well, but a different time, you know, I think it was in the nineties. So the same kind of concept where they were uh, going after some money, but right. another great movie. 
But Chris, before we get out of here, let's talk a little bit about 2020 season three. We've had, I feel like we've had some really good times because we hit a hundred episodes this year, this season. Yeah, we did. Uh, that was a good one. Yeah, and we were together. We 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 were in New York for that. Yeah, able to really make it count. Yep, um, that was a lot of fun. Uh, and then we get hit with this coronavirus. It really threw. I know. Um, really threw a monkey in the wrench or whatever. <laughs> Put a monkey inside that wrench. Yes. <laughs> I know it. Really fucked shit up for us a little bit because you know we as a podcast we rely a little bit more on movies so we had to stick to it be a little bit more creative um obviously we had a different show our side show kind of took a hit but made this show i think better yeah and positive fast trash or man when there's one movie every six exactly months. and it's trolls world tour <laughs> yeah you guys ready to talk trolls for 45 minutes <laughs> okay here we go yeah. Um, what what was some of your favorite moments? I mean, with the Simpsons stuff, too, was a lot of fun. Three weeks we of the Simpsons. Great Simpsons stuff. Um, that was really cool. I, lo- I love the big countdowns we do like that, where it's come come back, come back again and again and again. Um, you know, I think we I think even with even with the issues we had with coronavirus and like shutting down movies and stuff, I think we did a good job of finding cool topics. I got to say my favorite episode of the season is still probably when um you know when the black lives matter and this whole movement they're in right now really came up and we took that week off and then we came back and we did our main topic on the you know the 10 are each of our top 10 black superheroes yeah i, I love that i love that list because it was cool to think about like the stories and the comics that i grew up in and how i've you know how i appreciate that and how i've always appreciated that since i was a kid because comic books i think are a great way and that's not to say that they're i don't think they're equal by any stretch in the sense of representation because there's a lot more white characters than there are black characters right. but i think that growing up it was just like that's a they that's a cool fucking character and i want to know more about them i want to like i want that to be a character that i follow or learn more about um, and i really like that being able to reflect on that and being like oh yeah that is that's a great one i don't i don't, I don't read enough that or i don't i don't really know the origin of this one enough yeah, I think that was one of my favorite episodes as well. I mean, a lot of stuff has happened this year that we're probably already kind of forgetting. Um, but everything from, you know, the launch of Disney Plus uh, happened this season. Uh, and Mandalorian. We talked, uh, we started that new show, the next episode, which we planned on starting. We were hoping to have a little bit more episodes this year with that because of... Um, disney plus but with everything kind of took the hit there yeah but we still you know we still had like uh we talked queen and slim on splash trash man we did um you know uncut gems bombshell came out uh trying to think the disneyland myths one was a good episode oh yeah that was great that was a lot of fun and then trying to think what um Oh, then we did the whole anniversary stuff, which I thought was cool with like Indiana Jones ride, Ninja Turtles. We did Secret War. Oh, yeah. And Empire Strikes this Back. Is a good, we talked about a lot of stuff. We had a lot of anniversary stuff. We were lucky. This was a this was a really good year for anniversary yes, stuff. Yes, 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 yes. That helped us quite a bit. X-Men, X-Men also was an anniversary, 20th anniversary. So Right. And then Tron. Tron Legacy was a 10-year anniversary. Oh, yeah, and that was actually one of my favorite episodes, talk about Tron and just get excited about, you know. Yeah, Tron. Possibly that one day we'll have something else, you know. 
yeah, Tron Tron is one of those very interesting story and and I honestly was listening to the soundtrack yesterday. And I was thinking Well, that's awesome. I was thinking about um how that movie how that movie caught fire is really interesting to me because it's so weird. Yeah. It's like, honey, I shrunk the so kids weird. into a computer. <laughs> you know? It's like, so weird. Well, that's because the Times like, look at these graphics. <laughs> right. And then, like... And it's like, oh, boy, now it's almost unwatchable. <laughs> <laughs> but Tron Legacy was so good, and it's one of... It falls into that whole pocket of Disney films that they just can't... Like, it's like an Artemis Fowl. It gets that, you know? It's better than that, but... Right. It still falls under that Tomorrowland wrinkle in time right one of those movies they just can't hit home yeah where it just doesn't work and so when things do work that's you know you're like wow i look back and it's not that good but oh wow now it led to other things that built off that universe instead of like nothing's ever going to build off artemis fowl other than like a wretched fart <laughs> no no you, see wasn't there always talks of sequels for like tomorrowland wrinkle in time I mean, even Haunted Mansion oh, didn't Yeah, take oh, off. absolutely there were. It was a whole thing. I mean, there was even supposed to be a Tron a third movie. I think they could yeah, have no, done I mean, a third movie. That For some reason, that movie didn't do well in the box office. Is that why they just were like, nah? They said, nah, forget it. Or Jeff Bridges forget was like, it. <laughs> I don't know, dude. I'm going to do Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, no, I think I'm good. I'm going to go do, I'm going to get on some other stuff. Yeah, we had a... I mean, there's been we've had some really good episodes this season. Um, even talking about the Snyder Cut, we were able to really nerd out on that one. Yeah, that was a good one, and I'm glad we get to see some. Uh, you know, we're gonna get uh, we're gonna have another good year. We're in the heyday of this pop culture stuff and the stuff that we're into, and both good and bad. Mm-hmm. Um, this, so I definitely am on board. Yeah, I think next next season two is gonna be loaded because we've got so many movies backed up. We've got. Lots of content, and play, we got PlayStation Five coming out. We got a new Spider-Man Avengers game, supposedly to be a new uh, Batman game, new Arkham game. So right, lots lots of stuff to come, which is exciting. I uh, hope everyone has an awesome, safe July Fourth. Don't gather more than yeah, me too. Don't gather more than ten people. All right, just keep yeah, be safe. If you gotta throw a hot Take dog, if you gotta throw a hot dog to your neighbor, throw it. You know. Or wear a mask yeah, and walk it no, over. No, However you want to do it. No reason getting too close. Yeah. No reason. <laughs> uh, all in all, man, do you have any Fourth uh, of July plans? What are you doing? I'm just going to go for a little camping trip to a place called Warm Lake for a couple of days. And I hate camping. It's my least favorite thing in the world to do. Really? But, you know, I got... Oh, I hate it. I can't stand camping. You seem I, like... Camping for me I is the always nearest you Hampton been Inn. The nearest Hampton yeah, Inn. Yeah, whatever, wherever the nearest Hampton Inn is, that's camping for me, and that's all I need. That's that's interesting. I thought you would be. Yeah. I thought you would, maybe you just haven't had a, a lot of fun camping. I've had good times when I get out there. I have fun. You know, you're on a lake or you're in the woods. I always think it's great, but just the idea of going is just like, can I check into a lodge or something? <laughs> and you know what? I'm not going to apologize. I know it sounds pretend. Oh, he can't go outside. And, I don't want to. I don't want to lay on it. I don't like that. <laughs> I don't want to lay on the ground. I don't like that at all. I don't want to lay on. I don't yeah. want to do that. I want to lay in a bed. There are hotels and they have doors and windows and, t- and showers and shitters <laughs> and TV. <laughs> and that's all I need. I just need a nice shitter with a door that closes and no spiders trying to get in my anus. 
and I'm happy as a Jaybird. Well, camping tips from Chris Watts. You heard it here first, right here, G Splash. There it is. Find yourself a Holiday Inn Express. That's my tip. <laughs> as always, we have merchandise, but you probably don't want a hoodie right now. So buy a T-shirt. There. Yeah, buy a T-shirt. There's some cool things like tank tops and all kinds of crazy stuff. You can get that. We'll link it in below. Uh, we're gonna be off for a week or two, and we'll start off our summer sessions. It's a little bit of a shorter show, but you know how we do. Same nerd channel, same rap time every week, Tuesdays. Maybe we'll get back to some Instagram live check-ins and whatnot. But hope you guys have a, a great season. awesome summer. Hold it down right here at G-Splash, baby. I'm Bradley back to my man Chris Bucky Watts. Yeah, season three, baby. Season three in the books. We'll be back next year. Or in sometime. Not too far. Or somewhere. Sometime. Whatever. Be out of here, baby. Peace. Boy.